now, time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Weekly Podcast. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by Erner Berry's Global Protein Summit, the premier conference for education in the poultry, red meat, and seafood sectors. Gain insight into protein market demand, global issues affecting the market, and tools to prepare for the next fiscal year. Plus, connect with hundreds of buyers and sellers during high-end networking events. The Global Protein Summit will take place from October 9th through October 11th in Chicago. And for more information, please visit earnerberry.com slash Global Protein Summit. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernerberry Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. Lauren, we should be packing for the Wadalaska Pollock Annual Meeting this week. We should be. <laughs> but I'm a procrastinator when it comes to packing. So here we are recording a podcast. <laughs> and uh, I honestly, I, I can't believe how much traveling our entire seafood team at UB has coming up. Yeah, we are ships passing in the night. So we are kicking things off by heading to Seattle for the Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Annual Meeting on September 28th in which I'm presenting along with our colleague Angel Rubio and Amanda is hosting, as I'm sure you all know. (laughs) And this week, our other colleagues, market reporters Jim Kenny and Jenna Schreiber will be attending the National Fishery Institute's Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C., from 26th to the 28th. And then from October 2nd through the 5th, I'll be in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada for the Global Seafood Alliance's Responsible Seafood Summit. Um, I'll be attending with UB Seafood Market reporters Jim Kenny and Gary Morrison, along with UB Consulting's Angel Rubio, who will also be presenting. At, good for Angel because he's, or actually, and you too, I'm sorry, let, let me let me let you finish the rest <laughs> of our travel. <laughs> and at the same time, our colleagues Janice Schreiber, Deneo Comaine, and Fabian O'Donohue will be in Vigo, Spain for Consumar. And then finally, I'll be in Chicago for Erna Berry's Global Protein Summit from October 9th to the 11th, where I'll be presenting with Jim Kenny and Gary Morrison. That is, we were saying a little while ago, we were just chit-chatting before our podcast, why is everything scheduled at the same time? I know, come on, people, this is too much for us. But <laughs> it gets it all so out of the way. <laughs> I'm 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 excited to travel. I'm ex- like we haven't. I'm like the last event that will. We don't always get to travel together, unfortunately, but we try to. And the last event we went to was in Barcelona. Barcelona. It was April, I think. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's you know the travel's been a long time coming, but when it's back to back, it's uh it's a lot. And honestly, I'm we're I'm, gonna blink and it's gonna be like Christmas time. Oh my gosh! Don't even say. I know because we're ready. We're we've entered fall. Fall is here. Summer's over. Mm-hmm. But I, I am exhausted just thinking about that schedule and, um, you know, we should just call it a day with the podcast so we can rest. <laughs> but in all seriousness, if you are attending one of those events, please reach out. We'd love to connect. We're, uh, we're very friendly folks. We love chit-chatting. Yes, we are. <laughs> so I guess we should start talking about what's going on in the industry. Um, Amanda, you put out a piece last week on Alaska's Red King Crab Fishery, which we kind of all needed uh, a little overview of. So do you want us um, to give us a rundown there? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's um, there's a lot of questions surrounding Alaska's lucrative red king crab fishery. And we definitely don't have all the answers. <laughs> but, um, but Spoiler I alert. <laughs> but I put together a piece that I, I kind of hope explains the stocks and the closures and openings 
So for those that don't know, um, the fishery is managed by NOAA Fisheries, the North Pacific Fishery Management Council, and the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, um, ADFNG. So management is based on the size, uh, the sex, and the season, meaning that only male crabs of a certain size can be harvested and that fishing cannot take place during mating and molting periods. So harvest limits are set based on crab abundance. And while none of the stocks of red king crab are subject to overfishing, low abundance has resulted in closures. So the red king crab fishery in the Pribilof Islands has been uh, closed since 1999 to avoid bycatch of the uh, blue king crab there. And the red king crab fishery in the Western Aleutian Islands has been closed for a while now as well. ADFNG announced earlier this month that they were closing the commercial red and blue king fishery in Southeast Alaska for the sixth year in a row due to a dismal stock assessment that has yet to be released. The fishery would normally open November 1st and run through March, but as Seafood News editor Peggy Parker reported, uh, scientists gathered data that indicated only 119,000 pounds of legal male red king crabs are available for harvest, which is significantly less than the required 200,000 pounds uh, guided harvest limit, GHL. That triggers an opening. But while the numbers were not ideal, they were higher than the 2022-2023 GHL of 95,700 pounds. Um, and then prior to that, in 2021 to 2022, the GHL was 91,000 pounds. So, you know, there is progress being made there. Yes, there is some good news. Um, so what about Bristol Bay? So that's the big question because that is still all up in the air. In September 2021, the ADFNG announced that they would be closing the Bristol Bay Red King Craft Fishery for the 2021-2022 season due to too few mature females. That was a big blow to the fishery that was last closed in 1994-1995. However, the survey and preliminary stock assessment model for 2021 and 2022 shows that mature female abundance has continued um, on a downward trend and dip below the 8.4 million threshold that is required to open the fishery. So the fishery closed for a second year in a row in 2022 due to conservation concerns amid a warming, more acidic, and rapidly changing ecosystem on the Bering Sea. Uh, however, there is a possibility that the season may reopen for 2023-2024. A decision will be made by the ADFNG in early October during the North Pacific Fishery Management Council's meeting, which is when crab annual catch uh, specifications are made. So at the council's recent crab plan team meeting in Seattle, the stock assessment for 2023 reported a biomass of mature male Bristol Bay red crab at 33.02 million pounds. Um, It is less than last year's 40.44 million pounds and 2021's 30.47 million pounds, which resulted in the season closure. As for the market situation in the U.S., Erna Berry's Janice Schreiber reports that due to the ban on Russian imports, Russian red and golden king crab has not been imported into the market since late June 2021. Erna Berry market quotations are still listed, but market reporter and editor Janice Schreiber reports that inventories are dwindling as replacement product out of Russia is not an option. Currently, the market is full steady and a few higher offers are noted as buyers are reported to be more actively pursuing the last bit of inventories available. In regards to other available king crab, there's not much for the U.S. buyer to take advantage of. Alaska does have a golden king crab fishery out of both the eastern and western Aleutian Islands, which have quotas of 3.3 million pounds and about 1.7 million pounds, respectively. How much product has landed is confidential, according to ADFNG. But as of this podcast, 13 vessel landings are reported in the eastern Aleutian Islands and six vessel landings in the western Aleutian Islands. 
Now, moving along, uh, NOAA announced an unprecedented $82 million in funding that will go to conserving and recovering the endangered North Atlantic right whales. The funding comes from the Inflation Reduction Act and is the largest climate and conservation investment in U.S. history. So only 350 North Atlantic right whales remain, including fewer than 70 reproductively active females. The funding uh, announced during Climate Week and part of a $2.6 billion package to strengthen coastal resilience may prevent the whale's extinction. The intent is to address the primary threats to the species, entanglements in fishing gear and vessel strikes with new technologies and approaches. Great news if it helps both lobstermen and right whales. In other news, Prince William was in New York and he visited the Billion Oyster Project. This was the coolest news to see this week because (laughs) I just love the Billion Oyster Project and I just love royalty. So um, we actually featured a story on the Billion Oyster Project in our latest issue of Erner Barry's Reporter Magazine too. Could that possibly be where Prince William got the idea to visit the Billion Oyster Project? You heard it here first, folks. Prince William <laughs> loves Erna Barry's Reporter Magazine. <laughs> Get him on the cover of the next issue. <laughs> Be like royalty and subscribe for free at ernerberry.com slash reporter to get it sent to you quarterly. <laughs> and just so I don't get in trouble, I just want to clarify that we don't actually know if Prince William is a devoted reader of our publication, but really, who isn't? Um, but we can certainly agree that the Billion Oyster Project deserves some attention. In 2014, it was founded by Murray Fisher and Pete Malinowski. They launched the Billion Oyster Project with a vision of a healthy, biodiverse New York harbor and a shared belief that restoration without education is temporary. The nonprofit organization's goal is to engage people in all five boroughs in the effort to restore 1 billion oysters to New York Harbor by 2023. Oh, nope, by 2035. (laughs) <laughs> they have enough work on their plate. I'm rushing them. Anymore. <laughs> Let's shave two years off. Anymore. But um, they have had some impressive achie- achievements since 2014. Uh, 100 million oysters have been introduced to New York Harbor. 18 restoration sites have been established. Uh, 12 are field stations designed to engage the local community. And 2.2 million plus pounds of shells have been reclaimed from New York City restaurants. So all pretty impressive achievements. So congrats to Billion Oyster Project. And hopefully Prince William's visit gets more people interested and involved. Yeah. I mean, we do our best, but we can only reach so many people. <laughs> Prince William. Like anytime he like he's in a headline, usually I like I like the drama with, you know, his brother and stuff. But right. seafood and my love of of entertainment news combined in this one. So I was thrilled to see it. Right. <laughs> I think one of our first videos together was of the royal wedding. It was. Yeah, they served. Yeah. We talked about the seafood they serve there. Yep. <laughs> And finally, I've been dying to talk about this story since I saw you share it on Seafood News website. Pringles has partnered with the Caviar Company for a super unique pairing. Very unique. Caviar (laughs) has been going viral on TikTok due to an unlikely pairing with everyone's favorite stackable potato-based chip. The trend was sparked by Real Housewives of New York City star Erin Leachy who only recently joined the reality series in season 14. Lychee served a caviar and Pringles pairing at her Hamptons home. And since then, TikTok users have uploaded their own videos trying the unique combination. Videos have garnered over 10 billion views. So to cash in on that trend, Pringles announced they have joined forces with the caviar company for the crisps and caviar collection. There are three kits to choose from. Each kit comes with a gold collectible caviar keychain to open the tins, as well as two spoons and a Mr. P bow tie inspired serving tray. 
because presentation is everything, of course, when it's going on TikTok. <laughs> so there's uh, there's Pringles by the caviar company Smoky Shores. It retails for $49. You get Pringles sour cream and onion, and that goes with the caviar company Smoked Trout Row. They say it's bright, tangy, and balanced tasting experience. Then there is Salt of the Sea. That's $110 it retails for. You can pair original Pringles with the caviar company's buttery classic white sturgeon caviar. And then there's the crisps and caviar flight. It's $140. It's if you can't make up your mind, you don't know which one you want to try. So you get classic Pringles, uh, the original sour cream and onion, and also their barbecue flavor to pair with the caviar company's classic white sturgeon caviar and smoked trout roe. So you got a six six options you can you know make together if you get that last one. And I know we're no longer doing Watch Us Eat. Uh, but I was going to order us one to eat on the podcast, <laughs> um, except shipping was $50. So I hate paying for shipping. So I did not pull the trigger. Yeah, but, but are we paying for it? <laughs> <laughs> Get out that company credit card. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, I was going to have Pringles and tuna fish laying around the house and I was going to make us up one, but... It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop you there. So thanks for listening. We'll see you in between our travels. Find us if you are going to our events. We really yeah. Are you guys going to be in Seattle? Anybody in Seattle? Let us let us know. Thanks for listening.